Hi, welcome to Love Faith Talkers. We are here to talk about the topics that matter to real life Christians just like you. Topics like anxiety, fitness, loneliness in church, Christians in the workplace, depression, and even food. We interview psychologists, preachers, businessmen, and businesswomen, and people just like you. We're here to help you find the hope, inspiration, and courage you need to live your life the way God intends. As an empowered, thriving Christian. Hi, everybody. We're back. We really appreciate your patience while we were in San Diego eating delicious Mexican food and walking on the beach together. We will also be doing a trip review for anyone who is thinking of visiting San Diego so that you know where to go and where to avoid different um, food institutions. Uh, Today, we are wrapping up our series on healing from church hurt by talking about what happens when all efforts of reconciliation have failed and you are looking for a new church or even if you're just moving to a new area and need to find a church. So to kick this off, what should people be thinking about before they start their search? Well, I think before you start, start your search, what you really need to do is have a cooling off period. Um, don't be in an all-fire hurry to go running back into church. Uh, and this is especially true if the hurt's really severe. Um, because I know churches are supposed to be a place to heal, but it's amazing to me how often we, you know, go places and then they don't end up being a place of healing. And I mean, think about like someone who's had a bad experience at the doctor. Uh, that person usually waits a little bit before they go back. So just don't be in too big of a hurry to get back. Um, to the doctor's office, and in this case, to the church. Um, Another thing you really want to consider before you go back is you need to check on the spiritual condition of everyone in your family. Mm -hmm. Um, Different people get hurt at different levels. And so while you may be all ready to go, someone else might not be. And they may need some concentrated healing uh, and time and effort as well. And so that's something that you're going to want to definitely look into as well, right? Yeah. Another thing that we want to do is make sure that we're taking time to determine what is an actual need versus a want when looking for a new church. Um, So that can be anything from music styles, the version of the Bible that the church uses, how women are treated, even how I would say kids are treated, right? Sure. Or teens or even men, because you never know Um, how Christian, if there's a Christian school there, the distance from... Um, your house to the church and then you know the style of the church so whether they're traditional or or modern but I think it's important to kind of figure out what's like an absolute must so you have to have that versus just like a want I know that when we were looking um, a while back for churches there were and I think we've mentioned this a couple times but there were certain things that we were like this has to be at this church or we can't go here. And for me, that was women need to be treated a certain way, like humans, basically. And I know for you, it was the King James Version. Mm -hmm. I needed a received text church. Yeah. And so, I mean, there were other things we wanted, of course, but I think those were really our main two Right. Yeah. uh, So the whole point of this, though, is to be able to narrow it down to what is actually a necessity versus just like a want. Not to say that you shouldn't look for your wants because that is important, but Mm -hmm. it's also likely going to be difficult to find every single little thing that you're wanting in a church. Yeah, I agree. And I think that another thing you're going to need to get into is determining 
are you going to go to the same kind of church versus a different kind of church from what you've been going to? Um, wouldn't you say? Yeah, I think that the easiest thing um, is often to find another church exactly like the one that we have just left um, because there's familiarity there. Mm-hmm. Um, and frequently we're in, depending mm-hmm. on what church circles you're in, you're likely, you have connections, right, to those same styles of churches. And um, it could work, you know, if it's a similar church, if the issue at your last church was maybe just a personality clash or a certain individual who caused problems and that person won't be at this other church. Um, But it is a really good idea to really look at the composition of the type of church and then ask yourself if the issue is systemic. Um, because if it's systemic within some sort of organization, you're probably not going to want to go to that same kind of church. And sometimes you may not even realize that until you try another one of those same churches, right? Right. Just because, you know, you go to another church and you're going to notice stylistic differences, even if it's the same kind of church. But after a while, you'll start to see patterns set in. Exactly. So also, if you live in an area with fewer churches, you may have to try something different, like a different kind of church, just because there may not be a similar style church accessible. We don't have that problem here because (laughs) we are in North Carolina and we are in the Bible Belt. And there's, oh my gosh, there's like so many churches Churches, here. Churches, churches everywhere. Right. To choose from. But when we lived in California, um, I would say there weren't as many to choose from. And so we were kind of limited within that, um, if we were looking in within that same style of church. Yeah, it really limits you. And I mean, sometimes it's also easy as like a Twitch reaction to just run the other direction and say, okay, well, I went to a, a traditional church and now I'm going to a contemporary church or I went to a contemporary church and now I'm going to a traditional church. I went to a, a Baptist church and now I'm going to a, a Lutheran church or whatever. <laughs> uh, I think that's probably the easiest, uh, a, another of the very easy uh, things to do. And uh, really trying a different church can reveal a lot. I mean, firstly, that can help you delineate between convictions and preferences. I mean, we talked about this before. Going to other types of churches that we wouldn't have normally gone to helped us realize what was actually important to us. Um, and that, that can open it up to you. And it can help you confirm your thoughts and opinions. Like maybe you thought, hey, um, I don't think I'm going to like this. And then you tried it and nope, didn't like it. Or vice versa, right? Like I know for me, when we were trying out different churches. I mean, kind of jokingly, but not really because we like to go and just check out other churches sometimes. But there would be the um, worship part of the service. You know, we're very into music and we both sing and I'm very, we're very passionate about singing. And so that, you know, getting into a church where the music, I remember we went to a church and it was so loud. I was thinking of the same one. And I was like, I can't, it's giving me a headache. I just, you know, that's not for me. You know, if some people want to rock on for Jesus, that's great. That's <laughs> totally, you know, their thing, but that's just not my style. I mean, I guess I rock on in my own way. <laughs> well, yeah, but, but dude, it was like thumping yeah, outside yeah. the building. So it was just like um, sensory overload for me. And I remember thinking, wow, like music is like this. I have a headache. I'm probably not really going to be able to focus on the message or anything like that because this is just overwhelming for me. But it's different per person. So Right, exactly. And I mean, and that's kind of the point. Like 
it may help you realize, no, I actually do want to go to a similar type of church from what I left. Um, or no, I do want to try this. I like to change. Um, it'll help you identify your wants and needs and, and, and focus in on those. So that's really what you need to worry about or not worry about, but consider before you, you start actually looking for a church. So that brings us to the big question of how do you actually find a church? And I know this is going to be shocking to some of you, <laughs> but try the internet. Gasp. I know. It's like if we only had a way to look for information easily without turning through a 3,000 page yellow paper book. Huh. <laughs> we do. They're do right there on our phones. Yeah, well, some places do. <laughs> uh, but seriously, um, use the internet. And it can be overwhelming and daunting, especially if you live someplace like we do in the South. I know that when I looked up Baptist Church, I remember I took a deep breath and I was like, this is going to take a while. <laughs> um, and it did. And I will tell you one thing, and again, this is kind of preferential, but for us, the last time we were looking for a church, if I found a church on some listing and they didn't have a website, eh, out immediately. <laughs> I'm sorry, we are over 20 years into the 21st century. If you don't have a website by now, I don't I don't want to go. Well, and it's not just that, but when you think about how we've been with this pandemic, right, with COVID, it's like, wow, if you really don't have a website, then that's a little concerning on my end because how have people been yeah, poor or adaptation. even a Facebook, I guess, like something, some sort Anything. of electronic. Yeah. Well, and, and, or on the other hand, we have found churches with websites that looks like they were built back on windows 95. Um, yeah, no, I wasn't going to any of those churches either. You know what I'm talking about? Like the website's only in this bar down the middle of the screen. And there's like a big yellow strip with <laughs> spinny graphics on this. No, no. Um, Seriously, the way a church presents itself and its website is a big deal because it's usually not going to get any better. Uh, it's kind of like on the blind side whenever she's shopping with uh, with him and she takes him and she says, the store <laughs> is where you like the clothes the best. Well, the, the, the internet is usually where you're going to like the church the best. No one's actually made you upset or done anything yet. So if they can't even get that right, I probably wouldn't even <clears throat> go there. Um, honestly, another thing you can do is just ask for recommendations from other people, you know, maybe neighbors or coworkers, if you have that environment where it works for you and, and, you know, maybe, you know, someone else goes to church, you know, Hey, do you go to church? Where do you go? Do you like it? What do you not like? Cause I mean, Hey, just cause someone else goes to a church doesn't mean you should go there. I mean, you might say, where do you go to church? And they might be going, no, nah, I don't want to, I don't even like my church. Yeah. And to add to that, I know that at least where we're at, there's different Facebook groups you can get on that are for that area. Um, and they kind of just post different things about, you know, life in general. But I have seen people ask for recommendations for churches like yeah. who recently moved here. And so that's something you can always check out, too. People will go on and comment about the church they go to and what they offer or different things like that. So that's right. a good way to do it as well. I agree. Yeah. And, and also, I know this sounds pretty simple, but look for advertisements. Um, you know, some churches still put invitations on, on doors. People have bumper mm -hmm. stickers and decals. Um, I don't know, depending on where you are in the South, there might even be commercials. Or a flag. Oh, yeah. <laughs> well, who knows? Like, seriously, they're, they're, this is, I know this all sounds really obvious, but I mean, we almost went to a church in San Diego at one point because they kept leaving, leaving invitations on our door. Yeah. And we, we, we knew about it. We looked them up on the website. It clearly wasn't built in Windows 95. <laughs> and, uh... We actually really like the church. God just wouldn't let us go there. So, um, I mean, what do you think? Is there another way that we can look? Yeah, I think um, just driving around the area where you live. I mean, that's something that I personally like to do just to investigate a little bit and see what's around me. 
And that's actually how we found our current church that we go to. I think yep. we were just driving and it was randomly there, right? Because it's like a bank. So <laughs> there are so many <laughs> like, randomly there. Oh, that's there's... an odd place to have a church. But yeah, that's how we found our church. So just driving around the area that you're in. Yeah. And, I, and I'll say this too. Really, if you've tried everything to find a church and it's just not working, you can't find one by driving around. You don't like what you're finding by invitation. You know, and I don't want to say like you haven't tried a few. Like you went to a few and you're just going, no, no. Maybe God's moving you. Literally, like physically, you're going to be moving out of the area um, if you can't find a church. And I, I really think that this is important. I will say this. Nikki and I have never moved without at least some idea of where we were going to church. Mm-hmm. Now, granted, we actually have never stayed at the same church we moved to yeah. even once, oddly. But at least we had a plan for that. And uh, sometimes if you can't find a church where you're at, don't just be like, oh, okay, I guess that's how it is. Um, you know, give yourself some time, obviously. But there comes a point when you need to start asking, okay, God, is there someplace else you want me to be? And at that point, it's just a much larger conversation. I mean, that's literally what we did when we moved out of San Diego. Um, and we were thinking things like, well, let's let's look for other places we would rather live. Like we, we literally thought about places which were more ideal for living conditions than where we were. And we tried those places first. And uh, in the long run, we ended up connecting with a, a church even though we weren't actually in that area. So that's something to keep about to keep in mind too uh, when looking for a church. Uh, one other thing that, I don't know, maybe we should have said this earlier, but it just comes to my mind. There are some warnings that we want to give you before you even attend somewhere. Um, and I know we, we were talking about this, Nikki. What was that first one that you mentioned? Um, just that churches are made up of fallible humans who also make mistakes. So we should not expect to find the perfect church, even though we're all searching for that. Right. Yeah. Yeah. We'll find the perfect church one day in heaven (laughs) after it's all over. We've been raptured out and the millennial kingdom has been established and come and gone and the new Jerusalem's there. That's when the, the, the bride of Christ will be fully assembled. That will be the perfect church, (laughs) but not until then. Uh, but yeah, that's really a big big thing yeah and another thing is that just remember the grass is almost always greener on the other side or at least so it seems because and i think we've learned that actually too because when you're in a church and you're not part of another church sometimes things look a lot better right like you may think or we may think they don't have those issues um you know they do different things a better way and then which some of that may be accurate by the way but then yeah once you get there, sometimes you're looking back and you're like, oh, <laughs> you know, it was presented in a very different way. It was made to seem better or I just thought it was better because I was in a sucky situation. So just keep um, that in mind that it's, you know, it may just seem that way. Right. And also on that same token, <laughs> just bear in mind that when you get to your new church, you may look at the way your old church did things and may You'll sound like the Israelites over here, like, oh, I wish we were back in Egypt. No, no, you don't. Uh, the greener grass, it only looks greener because you're looking at it from an angle. Yeah. Just remember that. Um, and also remember this, that things may take time to get better before they seem better. Um, meaning that you may go visit a church and, um, you know, you're like, I'm not sure this is going to work, but maybe you feel like God wants you to give them a chance. And so you're kind of talking through your issues with them and things might be getting better. But to, from our perspective, it may not seem that way. Um, you know, like when I do pest control, I like to remind people that in rodent trapping, 
a lot of times we catch a lot of rodents before there's any noticeable decrease. So, you know, so people are calling up and they're they're freaking out. Oh my word, there's still rats everywhere. And it's like, okay, well, yeah, but you know we've caught 15, right? I mean, it's just it doesn't look any better, but it is actually better. So just have that in mind as you're you're going places and trying things if you feel the Lord wants you to try a particular church. Yeah, and also remember that sometimes problems can take time to manifest. So you may not see them immediately, but over time you begin to see them. And I think we kind of talked about this a little bit already. But sometimes um, people can put their best foot forward, you know, because they want you to join um, their church. And we can also, it can be on us sometimes because we're just enamored with the possibility of something new. Right. Like thinking about the grass being greener or right. new opportunities or different things like that, which are not necessarily bad things, but it's just something to be aware of and keep in mind. Yeah, for sure. Um, just because and, and it may not even necessarily be that they're hiding anything from you. It could also just be that there hasn't been an opportunity for a personality clash yet. Uh, you know, that could happen later. And not to say that that can't be overcome, but. I'm getting ahead of myself. Yeah. So let's talk about starting the process. So you actually are visiting uh, a church. Should you do one church at a time? Should you do three churches? Whatever. You know, there's not a right way to do this. Um, some people have done things. We have done this to where it's kind of akin to speed dating. Like, it's like, okay, we're going to go to <laughs> this church. Dating. Yeah, it's like church dating. So we're going to go to this church on Sunday morning, this church on Sunday night, if they have a Sunday night service, which a lot don't, and that's fine. Um are, you know, it just really depends, but you may bounce from church to church to church. Other people may be like, well, I'm going to try church and I'm going to stick there for a bit. It's fine. Whatever works for you and or your family, there's not a right way to do it. Do what works mm-hmm. for you. And, and if it, if it seems okay to be working, then keep that. Now, if what you're doing is not working, then switch, you know, switch tactics because, you know, maybe you're, you're, you're speed churching and, uh, you're going, well, I, I can't really keep in my head what church was, what was going on at what church. Uh, okay, you probably need to slow down a little bit. I think that we actually took notes, or I think I did it. Like, I took notes on my phone for different churches. Oh, to yes, remember different things that I liked or things that stood out to me or maybe things I that I didn't like. Just to make sure I wasn't mixing up the different churches. Because there was one time... This most recent time, I think we saw like four different churches within a short span. And I was like, I want to make sure that I remember, you know, the different things. So we have a dossier. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Another thing is to make sure that you're paying attention to how you're greeted um, once you arrive. Because if the greeters aren't friendly upon meeting you for the first time, it's unlikely that it's going to improve from there. And that's something that really stood out to us when we went to these different churches and the people who even, um, what are they called? The people in the parking lot? I don't even know what they're Usually called. Usually they're called the parking lot team. Oh, okay. I was thinking of <laughs> trying to find some Sometimes they're on the greeting team. Yeah. But so we noticed that greeters were not super friendly actually at a couple of the churches we went to. And we were like, oh, I don't know if that's something that we're okay with at this time. No, they were like chatting with each other mm-hmm. instead of paying attention to, to visitors. Mm-hmm. And I, I mean, like, that's when they're supposed to be putting their best foot forward, right? Yeah. And if their best foot forward is that bad, then, uh, well, yeah, probably not going to get much better. 
Yeah, and along with that, too, we want to watch for how people who are not greeters approach us. So people who are in the congregation, um, you know, are they friendly? Like when it's time to, I don't know if people even do this anymore, but like greet one another with COVID, it's a little awkward. But when it's time for that, are people friendly? Do they smile? Do they say hi? I know that we had a couple churches where... I want to say like nobody talked to us actually. Oh, literally. Um, which was very awkward because we didn't know anyone at the church and we were just coming in to see the church, but we weren't greeted and not one person said hi either. It was actually the determining factor about why we did not go to one church because we went into a Sunday school class to visit it and the room was tiny. There were six people in the room and no one, including the teacher, said a word to us. We walked up. We went to the front of the class, sat in the front row. Which we didn't want to do, but all the back seats were taken. Yeah, all in the back seat. Baptist back there. Hey, I would have been back there too if they were open. Right? Come on, move on up, like people. Save room for us pagans <laughs> back there. But yeah, seriously, it was a big deal. It really bothered us. Like no one said anything. And then the pastor's wife was in the class. She walks in and people started talking to her and she's all, hi, well, what I really want to know is who are these people up front? And we had already been sitting there for like five minutes unaddressed. I'm like, y'all, this isn't that big a church and your class is tiny. You ought to realize there's someone new in here. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, like she's saying, pay attention to that. But I think that I'm just going to add this really quick to you. Nope. I think that if friendliness is a big deal to you, then that's definitely something to look out for. But oh, yeah. if you're more of a person who is not more as social i guess it may not be as big of a deal for you but for us that was a really big deal. that's actually a really good point like for yeah. some people that's gonna be a bigger deal than others right now on the other hand you do want to pay attention to the pastor because the pastor sets the spiritual and cultural tone for the church um you know when we were on tour there were places we would go where we would see that the pastor was really engaged he had taken over a church and the church wasn't with it you know you go back to that church a year later and you'll notice that the the tone of the church has changed dramatically because it tends to follow what the pastor does so that's why it's important and I mean, right from the get-go, you need is his preaching actually biblical? Uh, I'm serious because everyone claims they <clears> preach <throat> the word, they preach the Bible, and they may preach the word. This is not the Bible word; it's their word, <laughs> or you know, the word according to them. Um, like literally, is this their opinion? Um, there's so much preaching that is opinion. Yeah. Um, and that, that's a big deal. You need to pay attention to that. Like literally listen to what they're saying. Is the Bible actually saying what that dude up there is saying? It could be good. It could be, um, helpful and it could also be not biblical. Oh, and I'll just add this too. Is it in the right context? Right. Mm, so that's, on. I know that's probably a totally different topic, but I just wanted to throw that in there. No, that's, <laughs> that's legit. So we will later on expand on that in a different podcast about, uh, about uh, like, Bible studies and, and all that kind of stuff. Um, another thing you're going to want to take into account with the pastor is you need to ask your question, this question. Is he pastoral? Is he evangelistic? Or is he both? And some of you are going, what do you mean? Um, but this is super important to understand because a lot of churches that we went to in the circles that we went to, the pastors were essentially evangelists. Yeah. I mean, I know one particular famous pastor within the movement. Uh, I listened to an ordination that he gave. And he was telling people, don't don't ever like hobnob with your pastor. He needs to be out there winning lost souls and finding new sheep. So that's an evangelist. I got news for you. The job of a pastor is not to be an evangelist. The job of Christians are to be evangelists. So that's that's all our job. 
The job of a pastor is to care for the flock, to feed the flock, to protect the flock, to tend the flock. And you also don't want a pastor who's all that and no evangelism. Hmm. Um, they're both, you want a mix of both. You want a pastor who either himself or if it's a larger church has set up a system um, of care for his own people because we've seen so many instances where there's great outreach but people bleed out the back door almost as fast or faster as they come in because there's no system set up to help the people who are there and we haven't had as much direct contact with this but there are other churches that are so concerned with their own situations that they they're kind of hostile toward people who are outgoing so just pay attention to how your pastor is on that i mean is he friendly or aloof um and this is not you know nikki was saying that it depends on how social you are but seriously one of the requirements of a pastor is that he be given to hospitality he ought to be friendly but does he walk around like he's you know all that in a bag of <laughs> potato chips and i'm sorry i will talk to you when i get a chance in 10 minutes here hold on while i get my secretary to line you up take a number please just turn around and walk out of that church right now just um, and by the way, is his wife friendly? Uh, and this is kind of important for married people because someone's got to be able to, to help every member of the family. And I mean, it doesn't have to be his wife. It could be other church members. So th that's just some things to think about from the pastoral level. Now, once you've kind of visited a bunch of church and you're trying to decide, okay, I want to see if it sticks and you kind of picked a church you want to try for a little bit. Um, so this means that they had to have made a good impression on you. Yeah. yeah. Um, you need to see how the church engages you when you fill out a guest card. I mean, now some places don't do a physical card anymore. Some people have phone apps and things like that. Which is super cool, by the way. Yeah, it is. I was very impressed with that. I know. And we found out a lot about that. I feel like the tech stuff gets me every time because I really like tech stuff. I know. So if they have good tech stuff, I'm usually like, oh, I'm interested. Right. <laughs> well, that's part of a good impression. But seriously, how do they engage you when they, they when you fill out a guest card? Um just don't be shocked when they actually show up when you fill out a guest card. You did fill out a guest card. You know, you fill out a guest card and all of a sudden, you know, they're knocking on your door. Why are you here? You filled out a guest card. But they might not do that. They might send you a text. They might send you a card in the mail. Just what do they do? Does it work for you? Is it too intrusive? Is it not intrusive enough? I don't know. And really just engage about your family's spiritual needs. Are they all being met? Remember we talked about that earlier? You're like, I love this church. Okay. How does your teenage daughter handle this church? How does your husband handle the church? How does your wife, is it working for everybody? Those, those are important things. Yeah, I was just going to back up and say something, too, about how the church engages um, when you fill out a guest card. I think, once again, too, it's important to remember that these people don't know us, right? And so give them some grace. And, you know, if right. they're reaching out, I feel like that's a really big step in the right direction. And of course, there's time to form more um, individualized relationships later. Yeah. Does that make sense? Mm -hmm. Yeah. yeah. Um, another thing is to see if there's chemistry between your family and the church family. So once again, are you able to make friends? Are you able to just connect with people? Right. Like with your life stage that you're at or even your background, any of that kind of stuff. Sure. Yeah. Because you want it to it needs to fit. A flock has to stick together. So if you don't think it's going to do that, then don't. 
And like you said, too, that's for everyone in your family, not just the parents or the kids. It needs to really work for everybody. Yeah. And I think that's important, too, because we have had times where people went to a church just for their kids and they were kind of spiritually suffering. There's got to be a church out there somewhere for your whole family. Mm-hmm. I mean, really, there's a lot of churches in this country. Um, by the way, speaking of that, are there opportunities to get involved in a way that fits your family's gifts? And I say your family's gifts. You're going to notice that we keep talking about everybody. If you're, if you're a single person, life's easy, man. Find a church that works for you. But everybody has their own individual gifting that God has given them. Does the church have an opportunity? And, and are they wanting to engage your abilities or not? You know, Or is it very much, no, we got what we want. We don't need you. I, I, any Christian who is really following God is going to want to engage. So you need, to, you need to think about that too. Right. And then also don't be in a rush to join because this allows time for facades to fall away. I know that um, you and I typically, we don't join immediately. Even if we really like it, we tend to wait just because, well, we've been hurt a lot in the past by joining faster. Yeah. But also because we want to really take time and see if it is something that's going to work for us. Um, and you can also attend the church for a while before you join. Um, a lot of the time, some um, churches will let you kind of check out different ministries, even jump in a little bit, even if you're not a member, just to kind of observe or even participate, just depending on the church. And I think that's a great opportunity for you to really see if that's something that would work for you. Right. And I also think on that exact same level, it's important to think about how they're engaging you. So what I'm saying is, does the church make being a Christian about what you do or what you are? Mm-hmm. If it's more about being than doing or doing versus being, because I use this illustration a lot of times, the animal that barks is not a dog because it barks. It barks because it's a dog. And Christians who are engaged in the Christian life are going to want to act in a Christian way. So if the church is w- working on developing you, then they're not going to be pushing you ahead. And I will say in smaller churches, sometimes there's desperation because uh, they need people. Yeah. Um, I mean, big churches need people too, but it's I think it's sometimes more glaring in a smaller church. Um, and then really just pay attention to what joining actually involves. Like what what do you, what is becoming a member of this church mean? What does it say in the Constitution and bylaws? Um, you know, for example, do they have a, a clause in there that says if you miss more than two services in three months, you're no longer an active member? Um, just find out what's involved so you can see if that if you're okay with that and find out what it is because sometimes you won't know. Right. And you might get in there and go, oh, uh, yeah, actually, this wasn't what I wanted. Um, and seriously, don't join if it's not a good fit. Uh, <laughs> I know it can be discouraging. Like you went somewhere, you thought you liked it, you tried it out, and you're just, ah, nah, man. The uh, this this is not what I thought it was or what I hoped it was. I know it's discouraging. It's really, really demoralizing. But don't settle for a bad situation out of desperation. Keep looking until you find something that works. Um, so that's kind of like the, the 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 churching, the dating process, the courting process of you finding a church. So. Let's talk about what it means to lock it in and join a church. So you've been looking, you've been trying a church, you think it's good. You need to have an open and honest discussion with your potential pastor about what you came from and what you're looking for. Now, this, this seriously, this should happen just prior to joining. He needs to know what he's getting. Um, 
and you need to see how he reacts to yeah. that too. <laughs> exactly. You know, cause you could be telling him something <clears throat> and he's got this funny look in his eye. Like I don't want this in my church. <laughs> <laughs> don't join that church. Um, if on the other hand, they're caring and supportive. And, and, and by the way, this is just good life lesson advice. Like even if you're looking for a new job, if they're really badly bad mouthing the last place you left, yeah. I would be really cautious about that. It's one thing to agree with someone that something wasn't right. It's another thing to be talking about how terrible and awful those people, that church. Yeah, we know them. Ah! Just pay attention to that. Yeah, and if it is clicking, you can dive in at a healthy rate. But just remember that typically the worse the hurt that you've experienced, the slower the integration will be into the next environment. So for us, we, I want to say we took about five to six months before we actively got involved in one of our churches. Like we had yeah. been going there for a while and this is a church that we knew. So it wasn't like, oh, I don't know anything about this church. This is a church that I was very familiar with, or I guess we were very familiar with. But because of our history with other churches, we just wanted to go and sit a little bit and try to connect with people before we were actively um, serving, right? Yeah. That's a good way to... I mean, and, and really, what you want to think of, you know, we talk about church hurt. Think about a physical injury. I mean, if you have a physical injury, you can get to a point where you think it's pretty good, and then you try something before you should, and then you re-injure yourself. Yeah. So it totally sets you back. So the same thing is true. That's why you want to, it's okay to dive in, but just don't, don't be like, that's the deep end. Boing. And we go, um, wade into it. Take the steps. Yes. Take so the you steps. Don't hurt in. yourself. Yeah. <laughs> now I, and I'll say this, don't commit to something in the church unless you can actually commit to it. Um, so once you, you take your time, you want to get involved in something. If you think you can do something, then do it. But it's not fair to a church to have you say, oh, yeah, I'll take this. And then it's too much for you. Now, again, it, it might be, but there should be. That's why we're saying you dive in at a healthy rate. That's why there needs to be the the kind of the cooling off period, because, it, again, it's for both of you. It's for you to determine if it's OK. And it's also for the church. It's, it's, it's a two way street. And really just take steps to maintain the relationship and don't ignore problems. It's very tempting when you finally find a church that you liked well enough to join that the moment a problem comes up to just go, I don't want to start the process all over. Well, I got good news. You don't have to. Follow the, the formula that we gave in the last episode. Uh, well, I guess the last episode was about pests and restaurants. Yeah. So not that one. But uh, I mean, they could follow that too, I guess. Yes, you can. Uh, <laughs> are there cockroaches in the church? I don't know. That's a whole... We, okay, yeah, we Ew. don't need to get into that. But no. Follow the Matthew 18 formula and go talk to them. Deal with issues. And I promise you, we understand. It's frustrating. We've had this conversation where we're going, I would just like to go to a church where we don't have to deal with problems. That's also not realistic. If you don't, you might find that a church that would have worked will end up not working because you're not dealing with those things. Mm -hmm. Just handle it. If there's a make or break it situation after you join, like sometimes things happen after that you were not aware of. Mm -hmm. I know that's happened to us a couple of times. Yeah. Um, you can leave. You're not under obligation to stay. There isn't some sort of contract there. Um, but once again, like David's saying, you know, 
try to work things out according to what the Bible tells us to do and go from there. Yeah. And I mean, literally, it could have been that they were hiding something from you or maybe they just really stunk at communicating. Yeah. Um, or maybe they honestly thought... They communicated. <laughs> or no, no. Maybe they really thought that... Well, that's true. Maybe they thought they communicated it and they didn't. That, that could be legit. But what I was going to say is maybe they thought that you they were saying the same thing you were saying and they weren't saying that. Hmm. That's actually what happened to us. I, at least I think that's what happened to us at one of our more recent previous churches where it seemed like we were on the same page. And but we weren't. Yeah. Not only were we not on the same page, I don't even think we were reading the same book. Yeah. <laughs> but there was no way to know that until we, we, we got there. Mm-hmm. And I mean, yeah, leave. There's no contract. Get out. What are they going to do? Um, blackball you? I mean, maybe in some places that'll work. Move, whatever. Uh, just, just be aware of that. And then by the way, I keep coming back to this because I thought it was one of the best things that God said throughout this entire series that Christine Goodson said, God doesn't waste pain. Watch for other new people in the church and be aware that God might bring someone else through the door who went through something like what you went through. And because God brought you through it, you are uniquely positioned to help them in a way that someone who didn't go through that church hurt would not be able to do. They could try but it would not be as efficient as coming from someone who actually bore the scars, healed, and has them to show. Because there's great power in empathy mm-hmm. of saying, hey, I do know how you feel. I was mistreated. I had this happen or that happen. My wife had this happen to her, which, by the way, is usually how it is for me. I'm a lot more reactive when someone does something to hurt her than I am to me. I'm, I'm honestly probably more long-suffering than I should be when it's to myself. You're nodding in agreement. Yeah, you are. <laughs> I'm more like, I'll take care of it for you. <laughs> yeah. 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 You're like, I got it. Yeah. Um, but seriously, that that's generally what you, what you want to look for in finding a new church. Just remember mm-hmm. those. Um, let's really quickly just kind of review the major points um, by going back over them, I guess. Um, just remember to keep things ahead of time. Think about your your own family situation. Everyone's hurt. Assess how long you need to stay out. Um, determine the needs. Figure out you want to try the same kind of church, a different kind of church, maybe a little both. Um, work on finding churches through web searches and recommendations and advertisements and driving around. Maybe consider moving if you need to. Um, don't get overzealous about assuming that you're just going to find the perfect church because that's not there. Don't get too hung up on they're not doing it the way the old church used to. And then once you start looking into a church, hey, just remember, there's no right way to do it. Take your time. See how you're greeted. See how the pastor is. See how other people in the church are. Try the church out that's working for you. Pay attention to the opportunities, the healing process, the chemistry, the spiritual needs of the family. And then join if it works and join at a pace that's healthy and works for you. Mm Uh, is there anything we're forgetting or do we get it all? Oh, I think that's it. Yeah. Well, we really hope that this series on, on healing from church hurt has been a blessing to you. And we've really tried very hard to have this not be from a, a place of bitterness and anger. Because um, really, I think from what we've seen, a lot of people, understandably so, that's where it comes from. Yeah. And we just we want you to understand that there's hope out there. Um, the failures came from people, not from God. And you'll find something 
that works for you because God is a good God. And they'll, while there'll never be a perfect situation, there will be a situation. By the way, we want to really quickly uh, shout a couple things out. First of all, thank you to all the people on our Facebook group who have liked Love Faith Tacos. We are now over 100 likes on our page. Thank you. We appreciate that. Mm -hmm. And also, we have crested 500 listens of the podcast now, and that's just awesome. Yeah, it's a lot. Yeah, I don't, I don't I, more than we thought. Yeah, at this <laughs> rate, yeah, we thought maybe in a year or something. I don't know. Um, and that's just due to, to listeners like you. We really, we really appreciate that. Mm -hmm. And just feel free if you have a question, you want to reach out, you want to say something, send us an email at lovefaithtacos at gmail.com. That's lovefaithtacos at gmail.com. We'd love to hear from you. And uh, next time you hear from us, we're going to be doing the review of our San Diego trip. So, yeah, right? And all the food. All the food. Was so good. I almost want to give them a sneak preview now, but nope. Mm. Nope. We'll, we'll make you wait. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but thanks for joining us again, and uh, we'll see you next time. Thank you for joining us on Love, Faith, Tacos. We hope this has been a blessing to you. If it was, we ask that you do three things. Number one, please subscribe so that you never miss an episode. Number two, please leave us a five-star rating and write a review if you can. And number three, please tell a friend because hope is just too important not to share.